Welcome to Hometown to Hollywood. This is Bonnie Wallace, author of Young Hollywood Actors and the Hollywood Parents Guide. And today my guest is Anthony Mendel, a master acting coach and founder of Anthony Mendel's Actors Workshop, which has locations in Los Angeles, New York, Vancouver, London, Atlanta, Toronto, Santa Fe, Chicago, Cape Town, Copenhagen, and Sydney. That took several breaths, Anthony. His philosophy is radically different from the status quo. He does not use scene objective, sense memory, or any of the standard 20th century approaches that most acting schools take as their foundation. Instead, he emphasizes living truthfully in imaginary circumstances. This is Anthony's second time on the podcast. Our first conversation was in the summer of 2016, four years ago. Anthony, welcome back to the podcast. Oh my gosh, I feel like I got the golden ticket if I got asked to come back, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I did something right the first time. Thank you. That was a crazy introduction. Has it been that long? I can't believe it's been four years, but it has Me either. Been. I thought it was just like a year ago. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. But what so a joy. And yeah. Last time it was on my couch in my little house that's in North right. Hollywood. And that's right. I remember. Yeah. Now it's on cat, Zoom. I remember your cat was played a part of it. Did you have a cat? Yeah. I, I did. did. I did. She she passed away at 18 a couple of years oh, ago. I'm sorry. I know. But she liked to participate in the podcasts. Oh, yeah. I remember. When she could. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's here with us in spirit. She is. She is. So, yeah, I mean, wow. It was interesting to hear you say that. Can I just jump in? Yeah, we're here now. Yes. I mean, like, I think I have two thoughts about, like, a lot of the conventional things that actors are taught to do in their work, which I also, in my early training, when I was in my early 20s, was taught to do. It's not that we don't still touch on those things, but the older I get, uh, you know, I think acting has become two things and I think we're heading into a more exciting time um, that kind of supports a new understanding of what acting is. Right. And it's not a, you know, I, I think a lot of times we, we try to find this template or formula for doing a scene or to act correctly. And there is no formula. There is no template. A plus B does not equal C in acting. And so I think what we've always leaned into is honoring each person's own individual storytelling and how they bring that to telling a larger story, right? And I think too, the older I get, I'm working on another book right now about a lot of those technical terms. I always teach like know it and throw it, but the older I get, I'm wondering if if they are kind of made up. I know, no, no, I know this is very like, oh my gosh, sacrilegious that I'm saying that. But when I, when I interview or talk to writers or directors, a lot of times they're not using that language to tell a story. They're just trying to, is this truthful? Does this work? Would the character say it another way? How does what we're saying next burn us into the next moment? Get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I'm not, like, I'm a writer. I don't write an objective in my scene. You know what I mean? So I'm wondering, so we need, we need to understand these words as a sort of guide, but it's like, I was saying to the other day in a, a Zoom class, like these things are just a map to help us find our way, but eventually you gotta, you're on the experience of it. You can't like hold on to the map, right? Yeah. Like you've got to like, so I don't know, it's really exciting. And I think, um, to me, it speaks to the bigger point about where we're at just 
where we are right now in our world, right? Of social justice and what is the true definition of being an artist and maybe what is the artist's responsibility, which we can talk about. Yeah, well, that's really kind of what I'd love to dive into with you. You know, that's a really juicy conversation. It should be always. It is especially juicy right now. You know, what do artists have to do with social justice movements? Where, Where do those two things meet? Yeah. Art and social justice. You know, sometimes, you know, Nina Simone says it's the artist's duty to uh, uh, reflect the times, right? She said that, gosh, I mean, I think that was in the 70s, that quote. Um, And I think it's always been that way, right? And I think, again, when when I tell that to young actors sometimes it can feel overwhelming because they're like i just want to get a netflix show <laughs> you know what I mean? is that Please. wrong <laughs> yeah and there is nothing wrong with that i think what we when we think about in terms of being an artist which is being an activist is it's a part of our dna to be an artist is to be a storyteller and to be a storyteller is to reflect back to society what it means to be a human being having the human experience and that encapsulates all of humanity, not just one segment of it, not a niche part of it. And some people could be like, well, I'm white and I don't have, I am, I don't know what it is to live a black life. Or somebody who's black could be like, I don't have the Latin experience or gay or transgendered. And that's not the point. Again, the point is our, all of our own autobiography, everybody, all of your listeners, everybody who is walking this walk on this planet has lived through pain and turmoil and upset and sadly death and tragedy and love and joy. And so we all as human beings are, I think, so already endowed with everything that we need to tell story because we're having the human experience. Right. And we yeah. underestimate that. We, we really forget like, oh, gosh, just me being born into this, whatever this thing is, I have walked the walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I can bring that to uh, going in for a Netflix job. And I think like we, we, I think we, when we underestimate that, that is the power that we wield is that we get, then get too worked up about what do they think or what do they want or what are they looking for? And they're not, they don't know. I mean, I know you've heard me and other people say that nobody knows. I think again, we're living in a time right now where you're realizing besides scientists, maybe nobody has the answers, right? Yeah. Like we always want to err on the side of just common sense, just do the right thing. Just, you know what I mean? It it often feels like government can't quite just do the right thing because their hands are in so many different like lobbying or money pockets. But, but just taking that and putting that aside, like to me, when we realize nobody knows, it realize like you have just as much of a chance of being, of knowing (laughs) as anybody else. Yeah. And, and, And because you do know, in fact, because your experience is as real as and as legit as anybody else's on the planet, um, if you can tap into that authentically in a casting room or on a Zoom situation, wherever, wherever that may be these days, yeah. um, then you may succeed in showing them and 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 helping them to know. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'll know it when I see it. Well, there it is. 
<laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think too, Bonnie, like you have a lot of young listeners and parents mm-hmm. of young actors. And I think even for adults, but I think for young performers who I work with a lot is I think part of the challenge is we're living in a culture that it feels binary in a way that in many ways, young people are so activated and um, awakened to just causes and a social justice movement, even prior to all of this happening, even pre-COVID, you know what I mean? I think there was an awakening that was happening. While at the same time, they're corrupted and co-opted by the evil social media machine Mm. that basically compares and despairs a young person and an adult. I am challenged by it as well. Our own sort of like, what is, how are we supposed to look? What are we supposed to say? How are we supposed to dress? What are we supposed to, I don't care who the person is that feels like they are um, their own individual spirit and they're really expressing themselves as they are. I think we live in a culture that still is more about the sheep peopling, you know what I mean? I call it sheep people. Yeah. And I think it's very difficult to get, get out from underneath the anxiety that is sometimes caused by looking at social media as sort of the metric of who to be. It's a zero sum. Like, I wish we had no social media. You know what I mean? I mean, we can go into that too. Like it is so anxiety inducing, you know, you and I, just before we were rolling, we're talking about like, you know, we are in the middle of a pandemic and, and it's, this is an amazing it just seems like it's been orchestrated so perfectly in a way. It's you a know? perfect like, storm and so yeah, it's so crazy. But you were saying how you're immune compromised. And, you know, I was saying like, I've been protesting, but I often have to be mindful because I'm over 50, right? Like, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, oh, yeah. But like, I think we then sometimes feel guilt or shame or we go on social media and we see somebody on the front lines or something. And we're like, well, we're not doing that. But and so then all of a sudden we go down that rabbit hole of, um, you know, I think the social media police is really dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, I think as a tool to help galvanize a movement, to help people stay engaged, um, to get information is so it's necessary and it's a beautiful part of living in 2020. But I think from a psychological, spiritual, emotional place, it's really devastating. No, Just no, so many people who are full of anxiety and, and, because of a lot of these things that I think are are generated by the social media machine, you know? Oh, yeah. Now, social media can be a great way to to rapidly share important information. That's kind of how I use it when I'm using it intentionally, which is more often than not. But it can be really destructive to the human spirit and especially destructive, I think, to artists, you know. Hi. With developments unfolding every day, I'm continuing to work to be a source of stability and inspiration in your life. As it's been for over 100 episodes, the Hometown to Hollywood podcast will be there for you. Now, I'm asking you to be there for us. The podcast has been a labor of love for years, and now I'm asking if Hometown to Hollywood has been a friend to you, if it's helped, educated, and inspired you, please become a supporter of the podcast. For only $5 a month, the price of a latte, you can become a friend of the podcast and help me afford to continue to do the work that you've come to depend on for honest, insightful interviews that shed light on how to succeed in the entertainment industry. If you can afford it, pitch in $10 a month and become a good friend of the podcast. 
Your support helps supplement the people who can only give $5 a month. Join now. Just go to hometowntohollywood.supportingcast.fm. That's hometowntohollywood.supportingcast.fm. And in just two clicks, you can have access to the rest of this incredibly informative conversation, as well as each upcoming episode and the entire collection of over 100 past episodes. Now, if you can't afford $5 a month to subscribe, the first 10 minutes of every episode will still be available for free. Subscribers will get the full episodes delivered to their inbox. Thank you. I appreciate your support, and I can't wait to share the exciting upcoming conversations with you.